Blog Talk Radio.
the way we entered independence, you know, with a national identity that we seem to be struggling to find. I mean, the allure of independence was so tarnished, uh, made so by the relentless anti-government or, or anti-independence campaign of, you know, at the time the opposition, you know. Uh, and, of course, that's not the only reason, but, you know, you had, you know, the, the resurgence of the Guatemalan claim and other attendant variables, but, you know, when independence did come, it was anticlimactic. With limited, there was limited public outpouring, hardly a poem, limited artistic expression. No national heroes or role models were identified to, you know, to emulate and pull the heroic struggles of different groups together. And, and so, this, this is the kind of thing that we're still struggling with, you know. And of course, Belize, like all countries that has had a long history of colonialism, we are a product of that experience. And at the time when we got our independence, you know, this, the things that were reflected were sharp class divisions, dangerous gaps between the haves and the have-nots, tremendous poverty, and a highly privileged elite, an elite that to this day was, well, were and are the beneficiary of that period of imperialistic exploitation and still continues to control that area of economics and beliefs. So let's be, let's be frank. There will, at all times there will be acute social pressures in that country because of that legacy that we have. But, you know, what's interesting is that we continue to fight to maintain a permanently underdeveloped peripheral economy that remains in a state of perpetual disrepair since 1981. You know, we are reluctant to examine alternative ways of expounding our contemporary interpretation of our current system, you know, of governance and jurisprudence. You know, we, you know I think, I, um, I don't know if any of you are aware of the late Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, you know, from Guyana, noted anthropologist, but he once remarked that it was, it was because colonialism so captured our imagination, it's difficult for us to develop a paradigm shift and perceive anything else outside of that experience. You know, so we caught within that time warp of just looking at our development within the limited conception of what, you know, of what a two-party or Westminster Abbey system gave us, you know. So, I mean, that's where we are. As a people, and the thing you know, the thing that is interesting that to this day there is a resolve, there is a lack of resolve, if you will, to challenge the citadel of privilege or to challenge the validity of the status quo. Okay, what? Why, if you say this this system or this this governance and jurisprudence is what we need and is right for us, then I want to challenge it. I want you to, to verify it to me. Don't just get me to accept it and think that's what it is. We have to challenge the validity of the status quo, unquestionably. But many of us in the literati, and I said the literati, the people who supposedly, you know, have the scholarship, went away and get the, got the scholarship and came back, particularly those from UWI, and I'm not just picking on UWI, but um, they continue to defend this system, and, kill, and clearly this system has been triumphant over us as a people. Certainly we cannot expect to develop a country on a faulty foundation, so when we replace those colonialist masters, with the neocolonialists, you can describe it. That can hardly be described as any any, pro, any notable, noticeable progress, because they merely carry on the functions with new elements. So substituting local functionaries for colonial officials at independence and thereby leaving the basic system un- unchanged is just another sophisticated way of uh, ensuring that the people will actively continue to, you know, to participate in their own expectation. In other words, they are willing accomplices to their own ultimate demise. So, and in Belize today, you know, our people are at the mercy of powerful forces of globalization and privatization. 
that have defend that has depended upon us, you know, and um, we are totally unprepared for the competitive production that is demanded, or to take that the many to take advantage of the many opportunities that accompany these dramatic changes. And for me, I belong to the camp that suggests a society succeeds where it best articulates purposes. We must have a clear, comprehensive, systematic way driven by a distinct philosophy that is articulated to the people. Outside of that, you will not have any proper development because you cannot do it. You cannot do it based on just piecemeal fashion. But again, every regime since independence have pursued neoliberal economic policies that are concerned only with the bottom line. And what do I mean by that? Okay, neoliberalism, neoliberalism is a principle of economic development that is based on a conservative, conservative business-oriented philosophy of development, and it's entirely market-based, and it's concerned only with the bottom line. In other words, privatization at any cost. That's, that's, that's the philosophy that both parties are married to in Belize City. That's what makes them indistinguish, indistinguishable from each other. And this concept and practice have left a vast majority of Belizeans marginalized in abject poverty, unable to participate in affluent society. Of course, you know, the logical, ex the logical uh, consequences of, of pursuing such policies is dependency creation. Because what such policies does is place the majority in the informal sector where they remain an ever-present pool of labor that is not counted. In fact, they're discounted. And so, in addition... As a consequence of, those, of, the, of all those regimes' uh, commitment to conservative free market economy, there is this huge marginalization of the, of the population, in particular the working poor. Because let's, let's, let's face it, the bottom line character of these neoliberal economic policies that is favored by Washington has not benefited you know, the average Joe Belizean. In fact, he has let, in fact, it has left large sectors of the population out of the economic growth equation while promoting the, in, the interests of the business elite and foreign donors. So, you know, I'm not, again, I don't want to paint a picture that, oh, it's gloom and doom, but I'm just accessing the reality of what we have to deal with as a people, the myopic reality that is believed today and the leadership from both parties that doesn't have a clue that it, it continue to exclude the diaspora, Belizeans, such as myself and others, from fully participating in, in the development of that country. Okay? Tell me that they have, show me where they have come up with a, with a, with a formula that, that can move this country forward to economic independence that will benefit every single Belizean from the Rio Hondo to the SARS-2. If anybody have an idea that, that that's occurring now, feel free to give me a call and let me know. So, I mean, again, so much of the population, you know, in Belize, based on these policies that these, that these, that these, that these lawyer politicians pursue, uh, you know, has, you know, are, they, you know, much of the populations are marginal, marginal underclass with little or no role in the political economy. I mean, people say, well, some of these policies have helped the export-oriented culture and tourism sector. Yes, not saying no. You know, but for the for the most part, the welfare, the domestic economy, and the welfare of the poor poor majority have suffered. So again, they have these policies have done nothing but left the Belize economy in a perpetual state of disrepair, unable to engage all its citizens. You know, and, and this is where we are as a 
as a country today. Now, um, like I said, I have, um, you know, um, I am, my, my guest today will be Mose. I'm just waiting for him to, to, um, to connect, you know, and so we can have, you know, this discussion on the media, the role of the media, politics, and, and other avenues that, that Belize, the challenges that Belize is facing. You know, um, again, this this medium here is a new medium for for some of us to you know to have a discourse. But until Mose connect, I'm not worried about it because I'm pretty sure that Mose, you know, he had contacted me and you know he, you know, he was ready. So, um, but until he until I get an indication that he has connected, I will, um, you know, just engage my audience some more. You know, one of the things that one of the big things that I have seen on um. On these blogs, on Facebook, and you know, in social Hello? media in general. Yeah, Moe's. Good, 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 good. Moe's, you there, my brother? What's up, man? All right, great. All right. Um, Are we, 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 we live? Yeah, we're we live, Moe's. We're live. So let me just uh, set it up for you, okay, brother? Um, I want you to speak up so, you know, the, uh, you know, the audience can hear you because, I mean, uh, Moe's is coming to us via Skype, which is another connection that we use to... um. You know, to engage the show. For those of you who, you know, who, you know, who have internet, you can listen to it on the internet. Or, if you don't have internet, you can call with your cell phone, and the number is seven one four two four two six one one nine. You can also listen to this, uh, listen to us via the Skype. Go to your Skype, uh, uh, go to your Skype um, search engine and type in. BTR BTR listener zero two eight that is BTR listener zero two eight that's you know and then that should connect you but um but again if you have computer access you could just click on the link and you should hear this show live no my the gentleman that I'm about to introduce to you is no stranger to to many of you Moses is arguably one of the most popular uh, media personalities in Belize he is the he is the uh, premier host of the Wake Up Belize, also known as WB, that comes on every morning. So if you're in Belize and you're not in Belize, you could tune into his show and upstream whenever in the morning. So this is Moses, also a gentleman who has not only been involved with print media and electronic media, but he's also a very multifaceted gentleman. He, you know, he's involved with sport, with sports, uh, uh, you know, with, with you know music and other aspects of our culture. So he's, you know, he's well-rounded and versed in the many multifaceted aspects of what the challenges that Belize face. He's also a gentleman who, you know, who's, uh, and I don't want to make this like it's exclusive, but as a member of the post-Hati generation, what do I mean by that? A generation that came in after 1961. So he, he's my contemporary, and I have a lot of respect for him because he, he's one of the few gentlemen that has a unique perspective and an understanding of the challenges that we face as a people and as a nation. So I'm happy to... Um, to bring to you, uh, Mr. Mose Hyde, live out of Belize City, the the uh, host of um, Creme WB in the morning. Good morning, Mose. How are you doing this morning? Uh, good morning, Brother Hubert. And it's definitely uh, enough to be on your show. I want to congratulate you. I know that you've only recently started this event. It's, it's very well received and I hope nothing but success uh, with your um, online and uh, your 
I think we, again, you know, when we connect with people out of Belize, I think sometimes what occurs, um, you know, the connection is, you know, sometimes go and come. So let me let us see if we can um, work that out because you know, I, you know, I don't think Moses, you know, realize that he's that the connection has failed so far. But um, bear with us. We're gonna try to. Um, fix this issue with you know with a bad connection again you know because of the streaming in Belize you know we you know we tend to have these issues pop up but um let me see if we can get back more you know he can dial in back into the um into back into the uh the show because I know we heard him just now but he um he just he just went so bear with us for a second my audience Again, like I said, coming out of Belize, um, sometimes we have you know, we have uh, bad internet connection, or sometimes the you know the service speed that they're doing using down there does not um, always jive with what we're doing. Moses trying to connect to us is using the Skype, so um, let's see if we can get him back, okay? But in the interim. Um, until we get back in Moses, until he gets back with us, you know, based on the connection. You know, like I said, I've, I've, I've been watching and reading on these blogs over and over. This concern that many in the diaspora are having. And they want to be able to unify, the unification of the, of the diaspora with those in Belize. And we have so many theories as to how this will occur or how it would happen. And, you know, I was involved with a conversation with some people in Belize who they have genuine concerns. They want to know, okay, what this diaspora, what is it? Or what is, you know, what is it that you guys want? What is it that you guys want to do? You know, what is it that you guys represent? And, you know, it's all we want, you know, is to be treated not as second-class citizens. But are you great? Yes, brother, you're there, you're back. Yes, yeah, yeah, all right. I think your connection uh, sometimes, you know. Go ahead, Moose, go ahead. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. It seems I lost the Internet. I've tried to uh, get that corrected, so uh, I, you don't have to indicate to me that I'm on. And Yeah, you're on. You're on live now. Okay, did, I, did you? Well, I congratulated you on the, the, the show. I, yeah, but then you got I cut think, off. Yeah, you got cut off okay. right there, that's what happened. Right, so well, um, I apologize for that, man. You know, the technology is great, but you you need to be very familiar with it at times to make sure that you avoid the little uh, songs. But, uh, I hope it works smoothly here. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, how are you doing this morning, brother? Ah, uh, man, uh, it's 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 beautiful. Um, it's beautiful, sunny Saturday morning in Belize, man, and. Uh, I don't say this to 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 kind of try to get anybody in in less pleasant weather to to be envious, but more to more to miss home a bit, no. But it is mm-hmm. it is a beautiful um, it is a beautiful Saturday morning. Yeah, that's that's good because I know a lot of people were complaining about the cold and the rain that they were excessive rain that they were having over well, the past you know, couple of weeks, you know. Well, the, the weather has been the news. Um, for the past, I'd say, three or four months, uh, 
we've 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 gotten I, even the, the national med service has confirmed that we've gotten more rain than usual uh, for the time of the year uh, finishing 2013 so much rainfall and so consistent it was that it really had a damaging effect on agriculture it has had a damaging effect on infrastructure and it's kind of like it's not you know a kind of a acute like if we'd had a, a bad storm or something like that been right there and um just you know infrastructure and for farmers, for example, I think it's been almost about once minimum that the folks in Coquitry have had to be, they, they, they have been forced to get the Coast Guard port and, and ferry over the lagoon because they cannot use the causeway as a result of floodings. And just this week, uh, there's an announcement from government that they are providing some assistance to farmers. So. The, the the weather has been very significant, so trust me, I I, I as many I, my my feeling this morning here by many Asians uh, appreciating the sunshine and uh, the skies and a, a slight early, sir. So it's very welcome. I have I've heard see I've heard people say that um that the weather contribute to to, to you know they, they, I I haven't seen any kind of empirical data, but. They have said that the weather uh, contribute to um, the crime. There's a correlation between the weather and, and crime in Belize City. Can, you know, what do you think about that? Is that just mere speculation, or you know, people don't really know what they're saying when they say that? Mose, you there? Hello. No, no. I said um. No, no I said I've heard people said that um. That, uh, you know that there's a correlation between crime and the weather, and you know. So I was saying, does that hold true for Belize? That you know, there seems to be some the up upswing in crime when the weather is better. You know, I I'm not so sure that applies. But what do you think in the in the in the in the, in the case of Belize? I I I, I <laughs> no, I don't I don't really see a direct correlation uh, between bad weather and and I think bad weather has a damaging. Okay, again, um okay, uh you know, this this is something that I, I think that, you know, we you know we you know you really can't blame us for this because the call keeps dropping because of the connection that we have in Belize and you know there's really nothing that we can do techni- you know, in terms of technology right now. It it has a lot to do with the connection speed in Belize and you know, we, we, we use Skype and we basically use Magic Chat because we want it to be free for our guests. You know, we don't want them to incur any charges by calling us by um, phone. So we thought Skype would be a great avenue to um, to discuss this, to discuss. But sometimes I guess, um, like every, um, you want to um, look at it from that standpoint and just be you know bear in mind. I mean, Mose has a lot to say, but unfortunately. 
the uh, the Skype connection coming out of Belize and this particular network here seems to be slow. So apologize for that. But as soon as as soon as um Moe comes back in, you know, we will um pick up the discussion and you know go on to what he was saying. But coming back to in the interim, you know, I want to discuss with my audience this perceived for lack of a better word, perceived notion that uh that 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 Belizean the Belizeans, the average garden variety type Belizeans have an attitude against their fellow Belizeans in the diaspora. That they see us as an enemy. They see us as a as somebody who's against them. And I am really I'm I'm asking and I and I and I ask myself, gee is this really true? Because I've traveled from the Rio Honda to the Sarstone. I've gone down deep down south on horseback in mud, you know, and I've seen, you know, how the campesinos live. I've seen, you know, the Mayas and the Garfield and, every, you know, the Mestizos in, in, in San Ignacio and different areas. And everywhere I go, one thing remains this, one, one thing remains the same. They all have a little antenna and they're watching TV. And much of that TV is American, American media, television. And, I see many American products, Nike, Apple, Major League Baseball, NFL, um, NBA. And, you know, you can't get away from it, but yet and still you're going to argue and say that Belizeans at home have a resentment for Belizeans abroad when they, these people have an almost worship-like affinity for American culture and music and dance. And yet, and still, your forces out there saying that they they have a resentment for us. Hello. Yes, Mose. Okay, you you you're back. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, Mose. Man. Um, yeah, Mose. You you're on. You're on live. I think you know, your, your connection might be slow. Sometimes with bandwidth, no. But I'll do my best if I get. All right. Good. My good. best on this side. Yeah. No, you were responding on. They, they, they think a crime and yeah, I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, I think it's a direct relation. I, I just think that if you could look at it, it has a huge impact on the economy. And I imagine when the economy is is adversely uh, impacted, then you could say that long term you have an indirect way that the causes some play when it comes to, to, to crime, no? But I think what we are looking at right now is just, um, for example, bad weather means those passengers who will be reluctant to come off the ships, the, the, the main... All right, Moses has indicated that um, since we're having... You know, problems with the connection speed in Belize. That whenever he calls, get dropped, he will uh, just dial back in using his Skype connection. So, um, apologize for that. But coming back to you know, in interim, I'll try to um, you know, touch on what, we, what I was discussing just now. Um, so we have this 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 perception that you know that this negativity that exists. But as I was saying, you know, we have these people have this close affinity almost worship-like affinity of all things American. Yet and still there are those who are arguing that there's there's a resentment. And I it makes me wonder, 
Because, like I said, I've gone from the real Honda to the SARS tune, and I've seen abundance of evidence that that, that believes is into America in every shape, shape with with uh, in every shape and form. And, and you know, so for those who continue to push that agenda, that that oh, there's this, this there's a divide, there's a chasm between the you know. You know the people in the diaspora and those at home. It makes me wonder what is you know what dark political motive do they have? What are you know what exactly are they you know what exactly are they trying to do to purposely and willfully promote the idea that there's a chasm between Belizeans that live in the diaspora and those that live in Belize? It makes me wonder you know who are these people because what are they bene- what are, what what do they stand to benefit? From allowing Belizeans to be um, to, to allowing Belizeans to be disunited, you know, and, and this is something that should concern all of us because you cannot tell me with any degree of certainty that that um, that Belize is better off without its its people from the diaspora. You cannot tell me without any degree of certainty that Belize is a, is, is as a nation state can succeed. And get all its potential without the connection to the people that live outside of it, that, that country. But yet there are forces who continue to perpetuate the myth. And I call it myth because I have not seen any hard evidence other than your, because you have experience with a, with a particular family member, friend, or, or, or someone that you may, may have visited you or you might have visited them. You know, you're going to use that to say, oh, well, there's a divide between Belizeans. There may be. You know, true, there might be some, but not to the point where it, it cannot be overcome. If that was all it was, if it was just a thing of perception where people, you know, this negative grievance that they may have, if that was the only thing that for us to overcome, then yes, we would have been overcome that. So it leads me to believe that there's more to it than meets the eye. And the thing, the peculiar thing about this whole thing is that the elite in that country, the elite, listen to this carefully, the elite, these people, the elite, and they know who they are. I'm not picking on anybody, but they routinely come to Miami. New York, New Orleans, Houston, Los Angeles, you know, to shop and to seek medical help. And to, you know, in some cases, some of them, one lady told me, Man, I don't want my picnic bond, I believe I'm going to America, make it come bond so you could have American benefits. I mean, so this is the kind of thing that, you know, that, 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 that you know, that this is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of, um, um, the kind of thing that we're dealing with in Belize. Where you know, you know this 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 strange inconsistency, this strange contradiction. On the one hand, they say, you know, wow, we hate the Belizeans that live abroad, supposedly. But on the other hand, they embrace all things American. I mean, look, even the prime minister, he got married in, 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 in he got married in the states. I mean, he didn't go to a resort in Belize, somewhere in Savannah, Georgia, somewhere. So I mean, what does that tell you? You know, there's this strange. You know, inconsistent. That's the paradox. You know, that's the paradox that we. You know, okay. Moses back. Moses back. You back, Moses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, I think the uh, connection is being believed. But go ahead. Go ahead. What you were saying. No, I mean, uh, no, you were expanding on. Um, you know, the, the the correlation between, you know, the weather and the economy and that kind of thing. So I want you to continue with that thought process.
Well, so it seems to be. It seems to to uh, to drop again. Um. Um. Okay, this is. We're gonna have to. Um. I mean, we're gonna have to just do it in in an event where Moe's keep coming back in, and um, and, and you know, and whenever he comes back in, we're gonna just you know entertain his his thoughts. But in the, in the interim, um, I'm gonna in, I'm gonna invite uh, two of my other contemporaries, you know, who, you know, who, um, you know, some people, you know, who wants to uh, come on and you know take up the slack until we can get back more in the interim. We have uh, Miss Debbie Curley, who is an activist here in Los Angeles, and she's um, also um, affiliated with you know with the Obama campaign, and, you know, she's well-versed in organization, uh, community organizations, um, organizing the community to, you know, to, for activism. Also, um, Paco Smith, who is a gentleman from Belize City, who, you know, who ran as a VIP candidate in the last election in, for mayor, and he's also an activist, you know, with the... Uh, in Belize, many of you know him from the Belize territorial volunteers. Who he was one of the four, he was on the forefront of that uh, particular um, struggle to to oppose the ICJ and to shed light on the many issues that we were confronted along the border. I had the pleasure of going deep south with him and Wilma here to examine firsthand the uh, you know the situation on down south with the Guatemalan you know on the Guatemalan border with Belize. With Belize in Dongness, Sarstoon. So um, he will, um, they will join me shortly. And what we will do then is, because Moses having some serious connection problems with the Skype connection in Belize, we will, um, you know, and when he comes back in, we will engage him, and then you know we will continue that way. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. Paco, you there? Yes, man. Yes, man. Good morning. Good morning. Paco, okay, Paco. Debbie, are you there too? Yes, I'm here. Okay, so Paco and Debbie, like I said, I just introduced these two, um, these two individuals. Hi, Paco. Yes, hello, Debbie. How are you? Nice to Paco, meet you. Paco, my question you. to you. Um, <laughs> how come you have such a good connection and Moses having such such problem where he is? Well, that's that's uh, that's a big question because when I tuned in, I realized that Moses had some troubles. But you know, the telecommunications in Belize is a, a bit suspect, to say the least. Because <laughs> I am okay. the one that normally has a connection problem, but. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's what we'll do then. We will um we will we will we will chat amongst ourselves and then when when Moses gets back in we'll just you know give him the the, the, the uh the, the, the stage. How about that? Is that agreeable? Sure, okay. All right, so <laughs> no all right, let's start with you, Debbie. Um what do you think is is leading this perception about, you know, the negative uh perception between the diaspora and and and, and, and Belize at home? I'm not sure because it's, I think it's totally unfounded. Um, I think some of it goes back to, you know, um, back in the day, certain Belizeans would come to the States and go home and big up themselves. But um, I think for Belizeans in the diaspora um, right now, um, that is such a long past type of mentality. Um, back in those days, we didn't have television. We didn't have access to see what was going on in America. So you can come home and sort of try to be somebody. But now with um, social media and television and everything else, the kind of connections we have, um, there's no reason to do that. Um, but I think 
the mindset is still there that Belizeans abroad uh, think they're better than the ones at home. And I don't see that at all. I mean, when I go home to visit, that's the furthest thing from my mind. Um, but it's all about perception, um, how they perceive us uh, as opposed to how we see ourselves. Um, they're trying to define us in a certain way, and it's so beyond my reasoning, certainly, um, of what that's all about. I mean, okay. uh, I was home recently, and um, somebody got on Facebook and said, I have forgotten how to talk for you. Well, you know, I have lived in America for 30 years. I work in America. I go to work. I have to speak English every day. It becomes a natural thing for me to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So when I go home, I'm, I'm sort of in auto, auto control, you know? Okay. And um, so it has nothing to do with me trying to go home and impress people with my English. It's just that I'm in auto control when I get okay. home. Um, okay, I Deb, love hold real, up, hold I love my for culture. A second, Deb. Deb, hold a thought for a second, because I think Mose, we got back Mose. Mose, are you there? Oh, okay. Just, just, we, 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 we you guys stay online, you know what I mean? Mose, are you there? Drop again, uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's having I a really... I think you need to scrap that one for you. Yeah, he's really... Help. Go ahead, Deb. But, but, but before you continue with that, with your thought, I want to hear, Parker, what's your perception to this, you know, you know kind of um, explain what Debbie was saying in terms of this, this negative perception that, that Belize at home have against the diaspora? Because you, 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 know, you used to live in the States, Parker. You, you, know, you went yeah. to the uni- University of Irvine, you know, you know, UC Irvine, and then you went back to Belize. So tell, talk to me. What what's your perception of this of this supposedly rift that we have? Okay, well, well, first and foremost, I would say that I I tend to agree with uh, probably about ninety nine point nine percent of what Debbie said. I think the the operative question though is that when she said they, we need to identify who they are, and in in my viewpoint, they are the ones who are uh, holding the reins of power in this country. I'm talking about elements from the political elite. What I see is that they have created an artificial divide. Because I'll tell you something, <clears throat> excuse me, way back when, I think it was about may, maybe 1993, after I had returned to Belize for about a year, um, a friend of mine told me, he said, Paco, you know what? He said, um, anybody who claims to be Belizean, no, no, no. who oh, doesn't have. Hold on, Paco, relative, Paco, hold on a second. Oh. Mose, you back again? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of finding the. The internet problem very weird, you know. Yeah, you know, I it's very it, it, weird because we're not, video, we're not doing a video call; it's it's an audio call, and um, you know, I have I have done internet broadcasts from South Africa, my brother, Australia, mm-hmm. and I've had the and not had the type of problem I'm having this afternoon. Actually, decided to try to talk to you. Yeah, I know, Moses. I know. That's you know. I know you guys have this. It's kind of weird, bro. Yeah, because what happened? The call keeps dropping from you. Yeah, I tried it on. I'm back on the computer, and you know, I use the internet all the time, so I'm finding it very strange. You understand? Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very strange indeed. Because you know that you are having this connection problem, but you know, look, I, we, I did not, 
I did not. I anticipated a problem just trying to figure out what to do because I'm not very familiar with Skype. I wasn't anticipating that I would be having a single problem. Okay, yeah. And, uh, well, no worries. For me. This, no this worries. is the longest I've been able to. Well, I think some people also use, um, coming out of Belize, they also use a magic jack, which, you know, which you know, which is another technology that they've used, you know, because since this is a dial-in program with a with a phone, some people also use that particular um, avenue to, to to log on. So, I mean, but again, you know, I mean, we, you know, there's nothing I could do or most can do about this, you know this technology. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, um, it's, there's no blame. You know, you know, we, you know, I. Uh, I don't know what to tell, you know, my audience, you know, I was really anticipating that, you know, um, that we could have a very profound discussion with Brother Moses, but, you know, um, you know, every time he dials in, the call keep dropping. But in any room, I have my colleague, Paco Smith, and in Belize City, which is interesting, he's calling via Skype, but he's not having any issue, and I have my colleague, um, Debbie Curling, who is here in Los Angeles. So, um, Parker, you were saying? Yes, man. I was saying that, yes, I agree wholeheartedly with what Debbie expressed. And in terms of identifi- identifying the they, I believe that they is, is most representative of the political elite in this country. What they've done, you see, it's all about protecting their turf, right? It's all about protecting their political hegemony. And I'm talking about both sides of the PUDP equation. Because when you look at the situation, I mean, you know, in a very sober fashion, if either side of the PUDP were to fully engage the diaspora beyond that of going on their PR junket and taking pictures and, you know, being involved in the, the hero worship that they've become accustomed to, if they were to really take into consideration and seriously advocate and do what is necessary to give Belizeans who live abroad who have dual nationality, full electoral rights, in effect, they're ceding some of that hegemony that they, that they um, enjoy right now. And I say that because the Blue Note diplomacy that they utilize here in Belize, and both sides are, are guilty of sin of it, it cannot work to that extent on Belizeans in, in the diaspora, and they know that. So whenever I hear a politician, a sitting politician from either side of the PUDP talk about, oh, yes, we're going to fully engage the diaspora or whatnot, I, I have to shake my head because they know full well what the potential implications of that are. And with regards to politics in Belize, or I should say politics worldwide, but I can talk about Belize because this is where I am, the name of the game as it stands right now is to do whatever you can do to maintain power. And the diaspora, within its own right, represents a potential threat to the existing power base. Okay, Debbie. Debbie, let's yeah. let's let's kind of piggyback on what Parker was saying because I mean, you know, he it goes back to what I was, you know, myself was thinking that there is a sinister, if you will, um underpinning that there's a group or an element that purposely and willfully is pushing this disconnect, this negative perception because they, you know, for their own selfish gains, you know. What 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 would you say on that? 
Oh, I'm sure there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, my experience was actually at the local level, um, but I'm sure that um, the powers that be are, uh, are certainly threatened by us because if, let's face it, I mean, uh, if, if all the people in the diaspora returned to Belize, there would be a population explosion. There are more people, Belizeans, abroad than there is at home. And if we were to become involved, um, they, they would have no leg to stand on because then you would have a more educated, well, I, shouldn't, I, I should parse that, um, a very well-educated um, population coming back into the community that can then influence those who are there. And I think it's quite possible that we can um, win an election if we were to go home and start organizing and get this thing going on the ground. But we have to identify our leaders. We have to get people who are committed to do the work. And, um, you know, once we start changing hearts and minds, there will be history. But we have to believe and we have to be committed to the work. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't see that happening yet. But, but I think what, in the interim, though, what, what we have, you know, Parkway, is that um, we have this thing where, you know, where people who, you know, who live in Belize, continue to, and I, I think this is a minority because the vast majority of Belizean doesn't, you know, I don't think that they believe it's a minority who, who, who is suggesting that, um, that, um, that, you know, that, that uh, the diaspora has ulterior motive, the diaspora, you know, has, you know, it should be suspect, but yet and still, here's a country that, um, you know, recently gave a passport to a man in jail. Okay. There are no ulterior motives. Hello? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there are no ulterior motives. It's called love of country. I'm a Belizean born and raised. It is my identity. It is my culture. Going abroad does not change Hold on, Deb. Deb, hold on a second. Okay. Deb, hold on. Mose, Mose, are you back? I'm trying to. I hope I am. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're back. We can hear you. You're alive. You're alive. All right. I, I guess if it drops again, my brother, we'll have to... Reschedule. Um, we have a yeah, schedule. Yeah. Look, yeah, we have a schedule. We've got a show to do, and you know what I mean? Uh, well, you're song good now. You're song pretty good now. All right, so. So, so is, is this what? We're having a. Is this a three way, four way conversation? What's, what's happening? No, it's, it's, just, it's just you and me, but I had just I just had backup colleagues, my you know, Parker Smith and uh, Miss Debbie Curling, who resided here. Just, just whenever you drop, we just, you know, what, what happened? Right, you drop the car. So you, but it's you, it's you. But we'll go Again, ahead. I just want, I, w I want to just say that I, you know, I, I feel very awful about it, the technical problems. So, you still there? Yeah, we hear, we hear, we we, we we can hear you loud and clear. Yeah. So I, to to everybody that has tuned in today, and you know, I feel like I'm disappointed. But we will just have to try to to do it again if I if I, if it drops again because it doesn't make any sense to keep on trying. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Mose. Um, so, okay, let's, let's let's get back to the conversation that Mose and I. Once again, my name is Hubert Pipersberg. I joining me live via Skype from Belize City is Mose Hyde, who is the host of the very popular and arguably the most popular morning show in Belize City, WB Wake Up Belize, and um, he has agreed to come on via Skype to 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 entertain us and to give us. You know his perspective on on the issues facing up country, and one of the things that we were discussing before he got cut off, or the, the call drop was um, you know, the, the economic problems associated with the weather. So you were saying, Moses, go ahead. Yeah, I was just describing how it has impacted 
and it has caused some distress for farmers uh, and overall. And uh, we can look to the situation in, in the north, the crisis in the sugarcane industry. It seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel there, but it definitely is going to the, the differences between the farmers and the, the factory as well as the weather is going to take its toll on the sugarcane industry and you're looking at another um, adversity that the economy will have to face going into the the new year okay so let me ask you this correct me if uh, you know i mean if i'm getting this right um there seems to be some sort of rift between this current regime of mr borrow and um the local sugar sugar people sugar industry something about uh you know, money is from the bagage that they're not getting. That you know, they feel like they should get, you know, payment for that. You know, if they, if they buy products, and also the fact that um, this government is, or this regime is refusing to build some road that is needed for them to transport their their crop to uh, to, to production. Can you expand on that? Yeah, there's a lot to expand upon. The <laughs> situation there is that the government had invited ASR, American Sugar Refinery, a company from America to come in and be a partner uh, in the factory. And to, because the BSI had run itself into serious financial difficulties and it needed a bailout, the government had provided about $10 million or so um, out of taxpayers' money to bail them out, to at least hold them up, and then ASR came in and like you know they came to save the day they took over the company and uh, the problem with the sugarcane farmers association is the problem as you rightly described about a piece of the pie from what is being earned by the bagasse bagasse being used now uh, as a biofuel source and they've been selling like electricity to Belize Electricity Limited and the Sugarcane Farmers Association feels and they believe that they have an agreement to back it up that whatever byproduct of the sugarcane that is used, they are supposed to get a piece of it. ASR initially were very uh, inflexible and uh, refused to budge on that issue saying that what they do with the podcast is their business and they are the ones who have invested in the equipment and all that jive. The Sugarcane Farmers Association leaned on the Bauer administration to intervene to get them to to bring the parties together. The government is a shareholder in BSI, but it's a small shareholder. But because of the significance of the sugarcane industry to the national economy, sugarcane farmers said, listen, the government cannot be a, a, a spectator to this. It cannot sit on the side. It has to be involved. So they pressed that issue. Uh, Mr. Bauer got in. He, he met with both sides. And the negotiations have been going back and forth. Uh, the, he has, the, the intervention to this point uh, has forced ASR to, be, to a point of being more flexible. They have accepted that, okay, they will have to pay something to the farmers for the bagasse. But mm -hmm. exactly what they're going, to pay, they're going to pay and what type of agreement and how long it's going to take before that agreement is, is, is put down in black and white is where we are still having some problems now. Moose, did I lose you again? Did we lose him again? It was sounding good just now and then. 
Yeah. Mo, are you there still? Again, you know what? Um, I think most had agreed that if we, you know, we, since we're having this streaming problem with Belize, that I would have to reschedule this conversation that I hoped to have had with Mr. Mose Hyde because it's getting to the point, you know, that um, you know, it, it's you know, it's not fair to to the listeners who tune in to to hear him, and and you know, Mose is has a command of Belize like no other, and as my contemporary, I have 100% respect for that young brother because. His consciousness is up there, and he understands, he uniquely understands the issues as it relates to the, to, to Belize. Me and his father are great friends, you know. I respect that, the, you know, the, the, I respect his influence tremendously. You know, yeah, and so um, I can assure you that, um, that you know, me and Moe, this is not the end of it. We will be on again at another date, and I would, you know, you know just apologize for that. But like I said, it's because of the... Interesting, it makes you wonder. Paco is my colleague, Paco is in Belize on Skype right now. It makes yeah. you wonder that, you know, that, uh, that Paco can come over live and clear, and then Moses is having this kind of problem. So, you know, one, I mean, <laughs> one has to wonder, one has my, to wonder, you know, about the forces. Don't, maybe my, they don't want this brother to hear. You know, they, maybe they don't want shop, you know. <laughs> No, well, let's hope, yeah, let, let's hope, let's not put any. Um, Guzu and uh, Paco, but you know, it, it's it's very it's interesting that this is occurring. That you know, here's Moose. He's he's you know he, you know, is head of one of the biggest media houses in Belize, and like he said, he has broadcast all over the world, South Africa. You know, um, you know when when he was traveling with, with with the Belize team also too, and now this is what is occurring. You know, so you know one has to wonder. One really really has to wonder. But you know, I'm not gonna go there. But I, again, I have my colleague um, Debbie, and um. And um, and you know, and, and uh, 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 Debbie and Paco. So we were just we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tailor our discussion around, you know, the 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 unification of the diaspora in Belize and the the, the hurdles that are involved with trying to get the two people, Belizean born, you know, both in at home and and in diaspora to to to, to get rid of those negative stereotypes and the perceive lack of understanding that supposedly is div- keeping us divided, you know, which I think it's a myth, because if that was the only thing that was dividing us, then, you know, unification for the, these two people would have been uh, occurring a long time ago. And I don't want to just say that because, you know, it's not just about money, because we have contributed billions of dollars to believe, you know, more so than no other group can say that they have contributed the kind of money that the diaspora believe and have contributed to the development of that country. None. So I don't hear... <coughs> They could sell the economic citizenship to any of these people from wherever. None of these people can say that they had that kind of clout. Where, but yet and still, we are treated as if though just you know, send your money, send your box, whatever you send, but stay out of our business, stay out of our, um, or stay out of our, our, our political discourse because it doesn't concern you. Even though we are genuine, born there, Belizean, that's an that's a travesty, it's an injustice, and it has to end and end very soon. Or because we're not going to tolerate it anymore. It's wrong. You know, how can you tell me that, you know, 
that you you have our best interest at heart that you know by keeping us Belizean, bona fide Belizeans from the diaspora, yet still you're going to sell a man in jail a passport or a terrorist, you know, you know a passport just because he could pay on the internet, no less. You don't check his background, you don't vet anything, but you know, deny me Hubert Pipersburg, you know, with no criminal record, nothing, bona fide Belizean from from participating in my full rights in Belize. That's something that that needs to end and end fast, Debbie. Your thoughts. Um, oh, I'm still online, huh? Um, yes. Well, I think um, we need to get involved, <clears throat> and I think the diaspora needs to stop talking and start acting. That's that's my take on it. Um, we've done enough talking, and it's time to take action if we're going to do it. Well, I totally agree with you on that, Paco. You know, you you know, you you you, you we me and you were having that discussion about you know the kind of meaningful participation and action that we can occur between the two. What what what, was some of the, what what are some of the things that you believe that can be done to bridge that this gap? Okay, well, well, absolutely. You know, as in all things, I believe that communication is key. And as I was saying before, Moses had come back in, is that um, the divide or the perceived divide, as, as far as I see it, is artificial. Because as I said, um, back in 1993, a friend of mine told me, he said, Paco, if anyone claims to be a Belizean and they don't have either family and or friends in the States, then something is wrong, right? And the reality of the, the situation is that the two groups, Belizeans both at home and abroad, are interlocked. We're interlocked together. There's no separating us. But the powers that be in Belize are the ones that want to create that divide. Now, I, I heard what the, um, Debbie said, that hers came from the, the more localized level. And indeed, that does occur. But I think it also ties into the psyche. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the this mystical hold that the PUDP appears to have on most of our people. Hang, right? Hold that thought right there, Paco. Let me just say this to the, the listeners out there. I'm monitoring these blogs. So if anybody will have any question that they want to, you know, have us address or any concern, please feel free to do so because, you know, I'm monitoring the vlog right now and, you know, I will just interject it as, you know, if I can within the, um, the, um, the, uh, with the three of us. But I think what, what's going to happen is, um, we're going to take a break at, you know, which is about a break time, you know, because it's a two hour show and, um, you know. Uh, we're gonna take a little, <laughs> little break, Debbie. So don't go anywhere, you know. You know, um, we're gonna take a, a brief pause so we can catch our breath because this, you know, like I said, this has been, you know, um, you know, uh, has been one of those shows where I mean, I know people are disappointed. I'm disappointed too, but I'm, I have two wonderful colleagues on the line who who can more than make up the slack for, you know, for um, for you know, the fact that we lost Brother Moe's hide, you know. But um, let's just rest assured that um, we will be able to uh to engage with Mr. Mose again. That you can depend on, you know. So we'll take a, a, a minute break or so, and then we'll come back. So you guys don't go anywhere. Just hang tight, okay? Okay.
Falls right to the merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottom lifted But my hands was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill hey, um, the book We're back Won't So just a brief interlude, you know So we can gather ourselves, you know, it's a two-hour show And I want to just, I want to just be, you know Again, for all my listeners, my name is Hubert Pipersberg And um, uh, I'm broadcasting live from Los Angeles, California And I have online with me my colleague Debbie Curling from Los Angeles, California And my colleague from Belize, the esteemed Parker Smith And we're... Here in Los Angeles, um, you know, she has worked extensively with the Obama campaign, 
And I also have, you know, live and direct from Belize using the same technology as Moe's, you know, the Skype technology, Parker Smith. So you, are you, are you, are you, are you there? Are you, are you guys there? Yes, sir. Good. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Debbie, you said something. Yes. Parker, I'll get back to you to finish that thought that you had on why this is the case. But, Debbie, I want you to expand some more on what kind of organization. And I want you to give away any trade secrets, but, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but what do you think are some of the organizational hurdles that we may have to you know, overcome? Well, I think whenever you um, launch a campaign, it has to be done at the grassroots level. Um, you have to go out to the people and organize people to go out into the field to do the work. And, um, you know, you can't wait until three months before the election and think that you can go out into the field and make a connection with these voters. You have to get out there ahead of the game and do the work so that by the time that we're going to campaign, full campaign mode, um, then you're just dealing with you know, um, tactical stuff. But to do the groundwork, you have to get out there ahead of it, ahead of the campaign, years, months before the campaign, and organize people in the field. And without saying much more about that, this is what we need to do. We need to start organizing in Belize on the ground because it's all about the ground game. It has nothing to do with speeches and getting up there and talk nonsense. It's about the ground game. You get out there and you have a relationship with the people, you build trust, you build legitimacy, and when election time comes around, you just go back and remind them who you are. So okay. that's basically the nutshell. Okay, so there's no, there's no, there's no like magic formula or no, um, you know, no well, special... Well, you know, there are, there are certain tactical things that you can do, but I'm not going to put that on out there because that would be giving the other side the advantage. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, in the process of going out into the field, um, there are certain tactical things that you do to ensure that you remain uh, communicated with the people that you're dealing with. And it's just about building relationships. I remember when I was working for the Obama campaign, um, every week we were driving to Las Vegas to make a connection with the people there from California. And, you know, even going out into the field uh, uh, just before voting time, there were people who said to us, I thought you were never going to come. If you didn't come, we weren't going to give you our vote. So that says it in a nutshell. You have to get out there to the people. They're the ones casting the vote. And I think this whole thing about paying money and all of this, yeah, that can be done, but we can win hearts and minds the other way. It doesn't always have to happen with paying somebody for their vote and expecting the same result. I mean, if it were me, I would say, okay, um, if I were on the campaign trail, I would say, okay, the other party is paying you money, but who's the person who is going to make your life, make a difference in your life? The money only lasts one grocery shopping, per se. Um, but what I'm going to do for you is going to last over the lifetime of your life and your children's life. I mean, you have to go out there and explain to people and educate them and talk to them so that they understand what is going on. But to just sit back and say, oh, they're going to get paid $100 to go vote, that's, that, that's um, to me, a cop-out. So I think what we need to do is go into the small villages from one end of the village to the next. It's not a big country. We can do it. Um, but we have to get out there and organize, meet the people. I mean, Will has been very successful um, in organizing people. And so it can be done. It's just a matter of finding the right leadership, organizing, and using strategy. That's all it takes. Yeah. Well, you know, um, winning hearts and minds. 
you know, Paco, you know, me, Paco, and Will had an experience this past summer where we, you know, we actually went into, you know, you know into the, on down on the ground, you know, to, to observe and to, to investigate, you know, you know, to get rid of all the, you know, the talk and the, and the discussion and the theorizing and actually be get on the ground and look at, you know, give me a first-hand view of the impact of, you know, our struggle with Guatemala and how it, you know, impacts our our livelihood in Belize and, you know, along the border, namely down south. And so I understand that. But, Paco, you know, what are some of the hurdles that, you know, that we had to, um, that, you know, that you think that you were dis- that you had said that, you know, we need to overcome to bridge this gap? Well, first and foremost, you know, it, it ties into attuning the people. And I'm going to do a little plug for my show here, Hubert, so I hope you don't mind. No, go ahead, brother. <laughs> you know, Yes, you know, I, I, my show is, um, I do a weekly show also, and um, my show is called Belize Hard Talk, The Tipping Point. And I, I mention that because the inspiration of the show came from a book that I read written by Malcolm Gladwell entitled The Tipping Point, How Little Things Can uh, Make a Big Difference. And I think that the concepts expressed in that book can be, are definitely applicable with regards to this situation. And I'll just very, very briefly um, touch on a few points that Gladwell expounds on in the book. And when I look at um, how he characterizes uh, the different type of individuals that are necessitated to, to uh, get a movement going, to, to get people attuned to certain things, definitely those components are necessitated here in Belize and in the diaspora with regards to getting a, a political movement, a political consciousness that uh, goes beyond the realm of this PUDP red and blue mentality. For example, he characterizes uh, the work of connectors as being people in a community who know large numbers of people and who are in the habit of making introductions, right? So within this whole scope of things, we need definitely need connectors. Beyond that, we also need what he calls our mavens, and mavens are information specialists, right? These are individuals who know the lay of the land, know the issues, and are able to communicate them. You know? In addition, you need people who are able to persuade, and he refers to them as salesmen. These are charismatic individuals with powerful negotiating skills, individuals who can go into any community, talk to anyone, irrespective if you're living in a hut somewhere way in the back bush, or if you're living on the, you know, the, the north side of Belize City, or what have you. But these are individuals that can connect, that can get the information across. But critical to this entire thing is, is, is um, two elements. Number one, the capacity to attune the target audience to the realities as we see it. And also, the, the genuine effort of being willing to sacrifice in, in, within the, the process. And I, use, I stress the word genuine because, you know, a lot of people, they talk a good talk, and some walk a good walk. But with regards to an issue like this, we need individuals who are willing to step up, that are genuine with regards to their intentions. Because we do not want to replace a system with, um, I don't know, constructs that will just usher in another uh, elitist type of class, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's the way I see it. The way I see it is that, um, you know, and I, I've been to Jamaica, I've been to um, Barbados and other Caribbean nations, <clears throat> excuse me, and Belize is very, very, very unique with regards to our, our social construct. 
right? Now, for example, in Jamaica, you can see a distinct classist element, right? And I'll give an example. A good friend of mine, we were, um, were, were classmates at UE. I went to visit him while he was in Jamaica. He's still there, actually. His name is Gilroy Gray. And he invited me over to his place. I went there. And this is when I was a student. And he gave me a, a story. He recollected something that happened to him when he first went to Jamaica. And, you know, he's a, a businessman working at Grace Kennedy and one of the subsidiaries. And he had a, <clears throat> excuse me, he had a worker, uh, a maid, that would um, come in and, and cook and clean for him and whatnot. And he said that when he first got there, he'll never forget that she prepared the meal for him, right? And then she sat down in the far, far corner. And he asked her, he said, well, why don't you come and sit at the table with me, right? And she was like, no, 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 it's not my place. It's not my place. So I just use that as an example that with regards to, in certain societies, the classism is, is evident, right? Mm -hmm. It's ingrained and it's evident. But in Belize, it's a lot more insidious. It's a lot more insidious. But in effect, the classism that exists in Belize, as far as I see it, stems from the political realm. Because you have these individuals who feel as though, because of their family name or their political affiliation, that they are entitled. They have this sense of entitlement, right? Now, again, in the case of Belize, it's very unique because it cuts across boards, it cuts, it cuts across lines and what have you, but all the same, we still have this element. Now, and that's why when I was talking about what is necessitated in a movement such as this is a group of individuals, both at home and abroad, who are, number one, committed, who are, number two, genuine in their intentions, and who are, number three, not afraid to roll up their sleeves and get dirty. Because this thing cannot be done by remote control. You see, the powers that be have us, have us psyched out, or we have ourselves psyched out so much that we're in this, um, in, and I'm talking in a general sense, Belizeans are in this, this mode of dependency. And I'll give you an example of something that I've noticed over the years. At one time, it used to be, you know, right? And it's, give me thank you. Now we're just gimmick, you know? And the politicians, they know that, man. They know that. The politicians know that, and they play us like a violin. They play us like a piano. They play us to the T, because the majority of people, unfortunately, are in this, um, this symptomatic mode of dependency whereby they're expecting for the politicians to, gi to give them something. Now, the thing is this, and I think that when, when we approach that, this whole dynamic, it's important for individuals to understand where the power truly lies. The power is not with the politicians. The power is with the people because we're in the ones that, in fact, give them the authority to take care of our country's business, right? And until Belizeans understand that dynamic and we get out of this rubric whereby we, we solely look to the red and the blue for answers, then we're going to be stuck in this rut. And that's why I welcome people like Debbie and yourself and other individuals in the diaspora who are, number one, demonstrating to both the politicians and the rank and file of Belizean society that, number one, if you're Belizean, you're Belizean, no matter how long you've been away from Belize, right? That will never change. And number two, your, your efforts are genuine. Because I want to tell you something. I am skeptical of virtually every politician in this country. I am. Because, I mean, you look at the situation with, with Godwin Hulse, right? Mm -hmm. You and I discussed that the other day. Here yeah. was a gentleman who, you know, for the most part, and when I speak to my, my colleagues in the VIP, they always reflect on it because they, I guess in the formative years, he was their mentor. He was the person that was guiding them. 
He was showing them all about governance, this and that. And then when the opportunity came to step up to the mic and do the right thing, and to use a baseball term in the United States, he balked, right? He didn't mm. do what should have been done. So this skepticism that comes, uh, that arises with regards to Belizeans in the diaspora and their intentions, I think it's ill-founded. I think the skepticism should be cast upon the local politicians because they are, in fact, the ones who are benefiting from the manipulation of the public. But on the same token, I will say that the electorate, we ourselves allow ourselves to be manipulated. And therein lies the, the need for genuine um, contributions to be given on both sides, both at home and abroad, to move forward and get the lesions out of this rut. Because it can be done. Trust me, it can be done. Well, you know, you brought up a very interesting point there, Paco, with, um, mm-hmm. and I, Debbie, and I want you to, um, you know, um, join in on this in a minute, but, um, you know, the fact that, um, you know, we, we keep on focusing on all the, 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 the negative things, but we, for, keep, we keep forgetting the fundamental issue that we are discuss- that, 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 that we're discussing, but the fundamental issue that, that come, that's at play here, the unfairness, the gross unfairness of excluding a vast, segment of the population. Yes, I understand all the thing about, um, you know, prodigal son and all these things here, but it still does not justify the basic unfairness of excluding, you know, a vast segment of your diaspora. You know, so, yes, we understand that there is, you know, there's, you know, there's some resentment, there's some, you know, in some instances, you know, people, you know, have this issue of trust, but it doesn't it still doesn't go to the point that there is a basic unfairness that Belizeans in the diaspora are denied their fundamental rights, and that has to be addressed. Absolutely. Quite a lot of things. You right, right, Debbie? I mean, well, well, the the, the issue is, um, um, Hugh, is that without the diaspora, the Belizean economy would probably collapse. I mean, we we send back so much money to support the people there, and I I read something where someone said, you know, what are we doing for our people back home? Um, who, are you giving scholarships? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Well, yes, I am. I have done it, and I continue to do it. Uh, just because I don't um, disclaim to the world what I'm doing for my people back home doesn't mean that I'm not doing anything. Um, you know, as you well know, Hugh, I contributed to your um, um, initiative, yes. but I made myself anonymous because I don't need to declare to the world what I'm doing for my people back home. And so there's this perception that we're, we might not be doing anything. You know how many kids I have put through high school? Please. You know, yeah. I'm giving back to my community. Just because right. I don't declare it doesn't mean that I'm not. Yeah, so well, think... don't make judgments on me based on your own issues. You know? Well, I, I, so that, that's I what, what I would say. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, but, but to disenfranchise me as a Belizean is just ridiculous. I'm a Belizean born and raised. Okay? That is my identity. That is my culture. That is who I am at the core of my being. And it doesn't matter how far I travel or how long I've stayed out of the country. That is my identity. And no one will ever take that away from me. Okay? Mm-hmm. I love my country. And for them to sit there on, uh, 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 and, and say that because I've gone away, that makes me less of a valid Belizean or, or a legitimate Belizean is just ludicrous, especially when most of them are the ones selling off my country. Indeed. And that's the so, thing, that's the, weird, that's the basic unfairness right there because, you know, you know, you know they, they come up with all, these, with all these, you know, things that may or may not be valid, you know, to suggest that why there's a rift, why, they, why there's a chasm, but yet and still, you know, 
they, you know, they, they turn around and do the opposite of what they're saying, that they, the, the ideals and the standards that they hold religions in the diaspora to, is, yeah, and, you know, and here's, is ridiculous. And here's the thing, Hugh. And here's the thing, Hugh. The people who have gone abroad have done enough to secure their um, future so that they don't have to go home and act and desperate same. like some of these people who are in power. You know, mm-hmm. I, I liken their behavior to, to um, you know, have you ever seen how people behave at the buffet table? Yeah, everything that they can get. Whereas mm-hmm. the reasons abroad who go home, they don't have to act in desperation. You know, mm-hmm. we have secured sort of our future here, and I'm not saying that to talk down to anybody, but it's just a fact. We have come here, and we have done um, education ourselves. We have worked hard, and we have hopefully have saved up enough money to carry us through to, you know, the rest of our lives. So we don't have any need to go back home and start stealing from our people, or mm-hmm. to steal land, or sell out to foreign investments like they did with Norwegian cruise lines. I might push in here while I'm talking about it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. But. But, but, you know, this is the problem. It, they're acting like desperados, you know. Um, and, again, I give it the, 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 it's a notion of the buffet mentality. They go into the restaurant, and it's all you can eat, so let me go crazy here and grab for everything I can get. You know, you we know don't what? have that problem in the diaspora. Well, At least I hope well, we, I, we don't. We don't, I don't think. What I find interesting, though, Paco and Debbie, was Silvana Woods, who this is supposed to be a professor now, mind you, at the university, Paco, I know I'm, I know I'm mashing your card here, man, because I know you're the president of the Aluminum Association, but I mean, I, I have to say this. Silvana Wood, she's supposed to be a learned, esteemed professor at the University of Belize, and here's her rationale, Paco, I mean, for, um, in, in, for why she don't believe that Belizeans in the diaspora should have um, 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 full rights. It goes something like this, that, um, well, because, you know, if, if push comes to shove, they are run back, and then, you know, then going, go, um, well, something up to the effect that they're going to, I'm paraphrasing here, something to the effect that they're going to go and, and then, then they're not stand and take the licking, you know, paraphrasing again. Oh, yeah, or, she said we would run away. Let me finish this point. They will run away, and also that when they have medical benefits, so they are run, go again. And the, 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 the ludicrous about this whole thing is they, they at least do this routinely. They go to Merida, yeah. they go to Ch- they go to Chetumal, they go to Melchor, they come to Miami, whatever to to get medical. This is where the inconsistency comes in. But Hugh, Hugh, let me just say this. Let me suggest this. Um, this perception about all these benefits that we have in America. Hello, um, Obamacare only just recently came about. People would come running to America. Americans don't have um, uh, medical plans that they would like, the best medical treatments that they would like to have. So where is this coming from? It is ignorance. Yes. There's a lack of knowledge that everybody can run to America and get medical treatment. You have people in America who can't get medical treatment. Well, you know, the thing about it is... Go ahead, Paco. Paco. Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Paco. Um, We were just discussing how... Yeah, Paco. Oh, great. Great, great, great. Okay, what happened? We were discussing this professor at UB who was one of the foremost in in, uh, rejecting... She's supposed to be a professor now... Uh, mind me, only, uh, she, if you were a professor, that's something like somebody who went to, to Oral Roberts or Jerry Fowler University or something like that. I mean, how could you have such a warped, you know, misguided 
narrow-minded, myopic view of the diaspora, and you're supposed to be a professor. What exactly are you imparting on, on the next generation of Belizeans? To be close-minded, to be narrow-minded, to be, to be dogmatic and, and unfair? Is that, is, that, is, that, is that what you know, the professors at UB are teaching? Because to me, I think that that has a lot to do with the education of our kids. You know, if you have a professor like Sylvana Woods, who's supposed to be esteemed and learn promoting that kind of garbage to, 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 the, to the next generation. And then this is the same woman who's supposed to be the queen of Creole. She wanted her children not to learn English, but Creole. Explain to me oh, how learning Creole as your, as, your home, as, your, as your first language would help you if you, want, if you have to communicate at the United Nations with other, other people or wherever in the world. You know, this is the kind of idiotic thing that the elite doesn't believe that really chips my hide. Park, when you live there, and I don't mean to get down on you on it, but this woman is supposed to be a professor. Is that the best that we have to offer, brother? Okay, well, well let, let me begin. You, you, you said a mouthful there, all right? First and foremost, I'd like to say, this is my disclaimer. I'm the president of the UWI Alumni Association, not UB, all right? <laughs> there's a vision there. Uh, but yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Hubert, um, and I do recall back when this whole issue came to a head and uh, Ms. Woods uh, said some things that were, in my view, a bit, well, questionable. Um, how do I start? First and foremost, and again, I, I'll get back to what, uh, to piggyback a little bit on what Debbie said. And I want to say that we have to understand that where the genesis of this artificial divide comes from, and it's coming from political elite, right? This artificial divide that they're trying to put up is, is put there because they want to keep the people dependent, they want to keep them unattuned to the realities, and they also realize that once Belizeans, um, both at home and abroad, make this linkage, put aside this artificial divide that has been brought up by the politicians to their um, benefit, then they know that their hegemony is being challenged. Now, with regards to the remarks by Silvana, I, I can't speak for her, but I, again, I, I think that this is a great uh, topic for another show. But I think that um, the crux of the matter is this. Individuals have affiliations. They have preferences, especially when it comes to politics and beliefs. Unfortunately, more often than not, persons have a tendency to um, toe the line of uh, their party of political preference, and in this, in, in this instance, with this very salient topic, uh, it appears as though both sides of the PUDP divide are utilizing this thing as a political football, and they always do, and they always shall, because they understand the dynamic involved. Now, I will agree that in terms of our youth, the ones that are up and coming, the future of the younger voters, the future voters, the electorate. It is important that we nip this in the bud and we give them an alternative perspective. Because you cannot share the view that was expressed by Silvana. Um, you make an excellent point, Hubert, in, in as much that in dealing with this particular issue, the political elite always fly off to Miami. Like you said, he went and got married in Savannah, Georgia somewhere. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, we have examples right here and now of Belizeans who are in positions of authority and or power, who do this very same thing. And again, it all ties into the crux of the matter. It's all about divide and conquer. 
You know, a lot of people say that the British were the best in dividing and conquering. And it appears as though um, the ones who have inherited the reins of authority with regards to administrating the, the business of the this nation. The neocolonialists, we call them. The the neo yes, exactly. The neocolonialists. They learned well because they are implementing the same strategies. And they've taken it to the front where they're trying to divide Belizeans, Belizeans home and abroad. It's very insidious, it's very strategic, and it's very tactical. But it's very important that individuals such as yourselves and through mediums such as this um, maximize and attune the people to what's going on. Unfortunately, we've seen it time and time again that uh, Belizeans in general, at home in particular, are mystified with this red and blue thing. It's as though, you know, they, they see nothing beyond that. I can recall um, someone arguing one time that um, embarking out beyond the red and the blue is a moot point because it will never change. And for me, that is a defeatist attitude. It's a defeatist attitude Papo, because... Papo, Papo, can I interrupt you for a second to ask yeah, you something ahead, about elitism in Belize? Um, yeah. What would be your definition of elitism? Because um, are the people in power, are you suggesting that they're the ones who are elitist? Because, I don't know, uh, um, some of these ministers, where, where did they come from? Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. The word elitism is relative, yeah, it is in relative. my opinion. Well, I, I let, me, let, me, let me talk about, before you answer that, let me just, let me just tell the callers, you know, so they, they, you know, if anybody had just tuned in. You're listening to Alfred um, Pipersburg's show. I have with me Debbie Curling um, from Los Angeles, California, and I also have in Belize um, Parker Smith. I was supposed to have Moe's, brother Moe's Hyde, which I did, but we had a terrible connection via his Skype, and he agreed you know, I was gonna keep I was gonna keep on plugging him, but he said it's not fair. He did, you know, and I don't blame him. He decided that you know what, uh, let's just reschedule when we can work out the logistics for a better connection. So if anybody's listening, you're listening to uh, to Hubert Pipersburg, Paco <coughs> Smith, and Debbie Curling. Paco is in Belize City, um, Belize. Debbie is right here in Los Angeles, and so am I. And we are discussing. You know, we have decided to you know aim the discussion around looking at the uh, the uh, the narrative that surrounds. Um, why you know the, the unification of you know of the diaspora and the homeland you know is is is, uh, is difficult to bridge or or, or to perceive uh, the, the perceived wrongness of it or you know some of the myths. So we're trying to you know deconstruct some of those myths and, and get down to some of the reasons why um, you know why uh, you know why we cannot uni unify. Debbie brought up the point about you know the elite. Well, you know, Paco, elite is relative because a lot of those ministers that she, that she was saying, but I think that I would not necessarily, I would not necessarily say elite per se, although that's a, that's a very um, uh, well, let, let, let me good decision. I would say a citadel of privilege, you know. Let me, let me define what I mean by that. Let me define, because I'd like to answer Debbie's question. Her question is, is very much valid. Uh, when, I, when I spoke of elitism, I'm talking within the political realm, and that's what makes Belize so very unique. Because you have within the political realm those who have a family name for many years, right? Um, some of the esteemed attorneys whose family names are way back. I understand. Them. I understand that part, um, Palka. But I'm trying to figure out how you relate it to some of the people who are in power now. I know Dean Barrow probably falls on, in that category. But if you take some, I don't know who the ministers are. But if you take somebody like, uh, you know, Hulk. Okay, he's he's not a name. So do you consider him an elitist, or well, or what? Okay. Because the problems in Belize stem from people who are being elected and are stealing from our government. 
that's yes. the problem, and, then, and that's what we're trying to address. And then once they, once they enter that realm, that realm where they have the authority, and they do things that are, how can I say, um, they do things with impunity, that's where the elitism comes in. Because, for example, um, look at I the Penner situation. Greed. Look, at the, look at the Penner situation. This man did what he did. You and I both know it was wrong, but all the same, his political party circled the wagons around him at the time, right? And they tried to tell us that the sky is green, purple, blue, and orange, as opposed to blue, just because they said so. So I'm, I'm characterizing that as being an elitist type of perspective, because these politicians do things irrespective of their, their background. Once they get into the House of Representatives, they feel as though they can do everything with impunity. And yeah, but that, 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 that has elitism. to do with greed and power. I don't see that as necessarily I, elitism. Elitism for me is someone who um, believes that they are superior intellectually or they have a greater social status or they have greater financial resources. And so for me, um, I think that's a term that is being thrown out there, but I think to a certain extent it's being misused. Uh, well, some of the people who are in power have none of those attributes that I've just said. Paco, hang on a second. Paco, hang on. Paco, hang on a second. Let me chime in on this, because you brought up a very, very good point. I respect the fact that you, of your definition of elitism, but let me give you an example. And the local radio station here in Belize always plays this, uh, this quote back by the Deputy Prime Minister. He specifically said in an interview, I am not a normal person in Belize, right? And that was talking about things that he did, allegedly, with regards to issuing land to family members, right? Things that you and I cannot do, right? So I, 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 I respect what you're saying in terms of your, your definition that's of That's arrogance. Belize. That's what? arrogance. Not, no, not elitism. That's arrogance.
you know that they that the people are ill-informed and, uh, and you know about public policy and you know and that they can shape the opinion you know so in other words their opinion guide mass opinion you know and and that there is this thing in Belize where that occurs you know and, and basically from a policy standpoint you know it occurs all over society, not just in Belize. Yeah, Belize, yeah, they're yeah, called well, ideological state apparatuses. If you well, look at Althusser, who's an ideologist and a French philosopher, that is exactly what he says. You take the people who are in power, who then control the mindset by false representations. Yeah, but what right? it is to, but see what it is to, it's like also it is only in Belize, you know, only a small uh, number. Um, actually allocate values for society and the masses. The masses do not decide on public policy. I'll give you a case in point. The, the Christmas chair program as an example. As an example. You know, yes. they are automatically decided that this is what the, the poor people needed and, you know, we're going to assimilate money out to, 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 to these representatives so that they can pass it out to the poor masses, you know, for as, a, as, as a benevolent gesture for, you know, for the governing elite. So, I mean, but let's, let's get back to the discussion here, though. I don't want to get it in, you know, from a tangent from that. This discussion still remains that, you know, that we need to be able to, to amalgamate our, our, our resources so that we can have an impact on how, you know, decision-making is, is done in Belize, as opposed to just have it in the hands of a few, you know, because it is in the hands of a few. I mean, the prime minister is all-powerful in, in the Westminster thing. And he sets the agenda. So even though you might come in with good ideas based on the system that we have, when you go there, the prime minister is all powerful in whatever he does, whatever agenda he decides wants to get passed or whatever thing that he wants to dictate goes through or doesn't go through based on his whim. So, I mean, so in a sense, there is that there. And, you know, this is the kind of thing, ingrained thing that we're dealing with. But specifically what I want to touch on was this, as it relates to Belizean, the average gardener, the variety-type Belizean. Parkwan, you live there. I want to ask you this question. How is it? Are these people more concerned with their day-to-day survival that they cannot, that they totally disregard someone who will try to educate them or show them a look? We need to really be, you know, have have you genuinely participate in deciding a future? I mean, are they so consumed by everyday survival that somebody could come with them with a blue note and say, "Here, a hundred dollars," and say, "Vote for me," that they totally give up their franchise just for that? I mean, come on. Am I being naive here? That is actually the mentality of you, of, you know, of the, the average Belizean out there in Belize. Well, brother, I, I, I hate to put broad strokes, but I'm glad you asked this question because I have direct experience with that. And I ran for mayor in 2012. You know, I was out talking to people, getting out, talking to individuals, expressing my views. And I'll never forget, uh, one gentleman told me point blank. He said, you know what, man? He said, you've got good ideas. I think you're genuine. I understand what you're saying. He said, but boss, let I tell you something. I, you think about right now, here and now. We need to talk about about 20 years down the line, but I need to eat right now. So if you can't give me a blue note right now, I could say, you know, I, I like what you to say, but you know what? I know I'll give you my vote because the value would give me the money. I'll deal with that. So unfortunately for some and for many, that's a reality. It's unfortunate, but yes, that's the prevailing um, perspective when it comes to the rank and file. But then again, let's go a little bit deeper. It ties into the psyche. It ties into the experience aspect. And unfortunately, it's where our people in the general sense is stuck in that, that type of one. So yes, I have had personal experience with that. You know, people will tell you straight up, well, you have good ideas, but uh, boss, I didn't deal with it right now. And if you can't give me nothing, well, I'm sorry. 
You know, well, I mean, so therein, I think therein also, lies the the challenge. Therein lies the challenge that we have to somehow um, get the people to understand. Um, well, I I think it's really sad. Well, Deb, let me ask you this, Deb, before you, Deb, yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. Along, would you okay. agree then that um that 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 that, that um that um the change, the political changes, have created a new governing elite that basically um, implies, in the sense that public policy that we see is not really reflecting the demands of the people so much as it does the interests, values, and the preferences of that governing elite. Would you would you concede that? Well, I don't like the word elitism at all. Listen to me, I have a problem with the word elitism because it's all relative. Look, you know, um, in Belize it might be an issue, but when you have traveled abroad and meet a whole bunch of people, it becomes relative because elitism is all, it's like being a big fish in a small pond. They in Belize might think they're elite because they're in a big, they're big fishes in a very small pond. But in, 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 if you then translate that to the outside world, they're a very small fish in a very big pond. So elitism to me is relative. In terms of what Paco is saying or what you're saying about how uh, it determines culture and, and how we um, determine government or whatever, policies, whatever, I, I agree with that because the, the elitism, um, the elite people have always determined how we see the world. In that regard, I agree. But we have a government there right now who maybe they perceive themselves as being elite, but I would no way say that they fall into the category of being the intellectuals, of being, you know, uh, maybe they're rich because they've stolen. Um, so I can see that aspect of it. But I- I'm talking about, you know, elitism has a, a connotation of superiority. And to All me, right, All right. behavior, I get your point, Deb. Deb, we, you we get your saying? point. You're right. We get your okay. point. Listen, I, there's, I, a, hey, Paco, I, there's a guy, there's a gentleman online who, you know, who wants to ask us a question and I don't Carl, are you online? Hello? Are you online? Yeah, I'm still yeah. Who am I who are we speaking to? Because you're speaking to Hubert Pipersburg, Paco Smith and Debbie Curlin. Who are you? My name is Alex Dillip Alex, in Atlanta, okay. Georgia. I've been listening from Atlanta. To okay. Alex from Atlanta. Hang on Alex. Hang on. We have Alex from Atlanta. You have a question or a statement? What is it that you well, I, was, I mean, the, the main thing, I was wondering how to join the conversation. Like I said, I've been listening to you guys for the past hour and a half or so, and unfortunately I've never, I wasn't aware of how to join in on the conversation. But in any event, um, my main thing, um, I follow you guys on Facebook as well, um, and this is the Alex Dillett uh, Hubert that we linked back up on Facebook from St. Michael's College. Oh, okay, College. Alex, Alex, okay, all right, all right, Alex, yeah. The main question I have, um, going back to the diaspora thing, is I've been following, you know, the conversation on Facebook and all that stuff. My main concern is I don't I think I understand that people we need to share views. <laughs> I understand that we need to share views, we need to talk, we need to discuss, but I'm not very much of a talker. Um, and after after we after we talk too much. I get aggravated. I mean, and then we, I, I need to do. Um, and I think Alex the reason I say that is I've been wanting to find out Atlanta, if, are we so ever going to establish... Hey, Alex, hang on a second. If, your, um, your, your, your connection is bad, bro. We, you, you keep fading in and out. Can you get a better signal from where you are? Oh, I don't know. I'm, on, I'm just on the cell, on the cell phone. Um, well, is this any better? Because we, 
we, we, yeah, it's better now, but you, we missed half of what you said, you know, prior to this. So well, well, the, 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 the main thing, the main, the, the main thing I'm, I'm trying to get at is that I want to find out whether or not we will ever actually come up with an official, organized, structured diaspora organization. I understand that we need to talk and we need to plan, but after a while, I just get aggravated with talking too much. And, it's, and, and just saying the same thing over and over for year and year, we're just talking. Um, what are we actually going to do for Belize? What are we going to do to try to change or improve on the system? What do we have to offer? How can we educate our people? Um, um, and, and, and stuff like that. Show them that we are not, you know, we are here for them because, I mean, I don't understand who it is that hates us because we're the ones that they send for TV and clothes and shoes every month. So, I mean, who are the ones that are actually talking bad about us? It's probably the people in power. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good, my, my good thing point, is when, when, when can we get an official organization going and stop, stop depending on the people in power in Belize to approve of us or to like us or for anybody to like us in Belize? Because that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Is can there, I respond? Know, yeah, you, you go ahead, Deb. Respond. Well, one of the things is that we in the diaspora, we need to um, put our money where our mouth cannot be done without money, okay? Right, um, I get that, will, and I, I do that. Okay? <laughs> so, I, I know, but we have to do it, do it organizationally, not just sending money here and sending money there. Um, there has to be one um, unified uh, group of people who um, we have elected leaders who will then do all that stuff. But we cannot just have these fringe organizations, everybody standing on ceremony with their own organizations, uh, trying to promote their organizations, and therefore nothing gets done. It has to be done cohesively as a group, and then once we get money to... um, serve the campaign in Belize, then we can start organizing people on the ground. But there's no point organizing people on the ground if we don't have money to fund it. So I 100%, there lies the problem. I, I 100% agree with you. And, I mean, I do my part. And the thing is, I'm willing to submit to an organization. And I'm willing to submit my individual nature if we get something organized. But it seems like, to me, it's just talking. Like, for instance, with Q-Bert's initiative, I mean, look how long that has been um, out doing, trying to raise $10,000. $10,000 is really not a lot of money. And exactly. so far he hasn't even gotten $1,000. Alex, let me touch on that. So, 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 so imagine us trying person. to raise money to fund a campaign. Yeah. Exactly. Me, so that, you know, yeah, go ahead. Let me touch on that, Alex. Um, what Alex was referring to was um, there was like some dilapidated housing that surfaced on the Internet, and I took it up and I – posted something about it, and it, came, it went viral. Everybody, you know, so I said, okay, fine. You know what? I got heavy criticism because I, people said I was portraying Belize in a bad light, that I should take down the pictures, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, fine. I started a foundation to the GoFundMe. I said, look, you don't have to be, you don't have to put a lot of money, $20, whatever you can afford. Just send it. We're going to try to raise $10,000 and try to help these people that, you know, with this dilapidated housing. Well, so far we have raised, and I started this campaign last year around December 27th or so, more or less. Between the PayPal and the GoFund, we have raised about $800, $800 give or take, 
you know, I mean, and like Alex was saying, you know, you know, here's a chance for people who like to talk on Facebook to say, okay, you know what, I want to send $20. Hey, we're not even asking you to send no inordinate, inordinate amount the money or something. Just, you know, like it's, it's pattern after the Obama, after the Obama um, principle where if you get a whole bunch of people to do it, then it minimizes the fact that you have to have a whole bunch of big donors to make up, you know, the exactly. volume. So, you exactly. know, it's... And so, but like you said, Alex, we're, I mean, so far, I'll be honest with you, like maybe 13 people. No, let me give you the exact figure. 15 people have donated that, that 800 or so dollars that, that I'm, I'm I know, talking so to. It doesn't, you were know, one of them, so Debbie's one look, of them. You know, it, it's sad. If you look on your page, so if you look on your page and you see how many friends you have, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing to note that you can't even raise a thousand dollars with all the friends that you have, all the people that support you. So, you know, liking you and 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 respecting what you do doesn't um, equate to getting support. Indeed. And and that's that that's that's the problem that we have. I mean, I use Will Mahia in PG as an example because um, you know I work with him a bit and and help him when I can. But I mean, if you look at his page as well. Everybody likes him. Everybody loves him. Everybody but loves him call, when there's problems. When he calls, good for but, money. Or, but when it comes to that, for, when it comes to support for some some measly little cheap T-shirts or something, you can't find nobody then to help. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. me? So I, again, I think like Debbie is saying, we need to try to figure a way to organize ourselves outside of Belize, and um, as 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 it's asked for. Maybe there is an organization. I don't know because I'm just playing catch up now, trying to, you know, um, do what I can for 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 my country. But again, like I'm saying, I'm willing to submit my individual nature to an organization that's structured and has a strategy. Well, um, well Alex, you know, well, that's we're, what we're, I'm we're working on. on it. Well, Alex, listen, this is not okay. a, listen, right. uh, listen, Alex. Paco, you there, Parker, still? Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Okay, listen, and Deb. And Deb knows this to uh-huh. be true. This is not a new, this diaspora idea is not, it's not something new, you know. It's not something that just came yesterday. It's an old idea. Oh, I know. I think Nuri Akbar Estrada wrote an essay in the Amandala newspaper to revisit the Seventh uh, Amendment at some point. And I think since then it has taken off like wildfire. All of a sudden people just realize, oh, man, you know, this diaspora thing, where it had, where it had gone dead, his, I think his essay might have reignited this 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 zeal that we have, and now I'm seeing now it's starting to catch on. Where it's almost amazing that it has like its own life because more people like look so at you, I, Alex I, in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's starting. I, people I are think, starting to say, you know. I think too ahead, what what really got people involved too was that whole ICJ thing, which I think is mm-hmm. the most ridiculous thing. It got people to unite as one, as Belizeans, and it concerned everybody, and I don't think that should be dismissed as being an effective reason for us to regroup and get involved, because that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, that our government would agree to go to an arbitration court to determine what piece of land belongs to Belize or how we would function in the future with Guatemala. I think that was the stupidest thing the government ever thought about doing, and they're still thinking about it, and I still, still think it's stupid. I mean, anybody who knows, anybody, any lawyer worth their weight in gold knows that going to arbitration has its risks. So why on earth would you agree to that? Yeah. You yeah. Know, they, we, 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 could have, we could have come out of arbitration with half a country. 
Yeah. Well, Paco, don't get Paco started because <laughs> <laughs> on that Chevy, don't get Paco started. We don't have time. We only have we have less than five minutes for meaning. So I mean, you know, uh, Alex, you know, I, I you know, I, I want to say that you know, I mean, brother, you know, look, like Debbie had just said that um, you know, there we don't want we have to be organized, but to focus organization and have coalitions that that are that respect each other, coalitions that that can be focused to do <coughs> what Debbie is saying, working with local elements on the ground there, you know, in Belize. We have to have a focused coalition that is not driven by ego or driven by any delusions exactly. of grandeur, you know? And, and, let, and, I, and let me just say this, too. Um, we need to make sure that we identify who the power-hungry people are because those are the ones who are going to end up behaving just like the ones who are in power right now. Mm -hmm. Debbie, I I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And for my part, I would just like to say that I can appreciate Belizeans such as yourselves who live abroad and have Belize, you know, dear in your heart. Because like you said, you rightfully said, if you're Belizean, no matter how long you've been away from Belize, you'll be a Belizean to the day you die. But the thing is this, and I'd like to just put a word of caution out there. For those of you who are active, such as yourself, please, please, please do your due diligence with regards to where you lend your support. Because, as Debbie rightfully said, there are wolves in sheep's clothing out here, and we don't exactly. want to create a situation where you just put another group in to, that is going to marginalize the, the John and Jane Q public and do the same thing over again. No? Well, that's, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point, um, Paco. You know, I, if I'm going to put my name behind a brand, it had better be a brand with integrity. Absolutely. And so if you're going to come to me and say, help me run your campaign, help me win this election, help me put somebody in power to run the country of Belize, then you better be um, somebody of integrity and honesty and not be power hungry because I'm not going to put my name, my good name, behind anything that's going to lead to more um, destruction of Belize. You're so right, identify, I... identifying those leaders will be the problem for the diaspora. We, you know, Absolutely. I mean, again, we have less than five minutes remaining in, in you know, in this show. And uh, let me just say that, um, and this has been a very spirited and lively discussion. And I feel disappointed that you know we weren't able to get our brother Moe. But Paco, you and Debbie, and no Alex, you know, you guys, you know, you know, this, this is such a huge and broad topic that we could go on for hours, you know, in trying to deconstruct, the, you know, the, the reasons why diaspora is not um where it's supposed to be, you know. But I here's here's the thing that Alex brought up that I just I need to touch on is that for those of us who say that they want to help, we are trying to raise ten thousand dollars to uh for to, to fix some dilapidated housing in Belize. Please just go to the website, come on my page, it's all over Facebook because I'm sure other people have posted it. Just, you know, the GoFundMe. Or you can use the PayPal, you know, Pipersburg at SBCglobal.net or go to the GoFundMe just donate a little thing. You, know, you don't have to come in with no... You could remain anonymous, like Debbie said. You don't have to... You know, here's something. You could be a part of the solution to make a difference. And you don't necessarily have to, you know, as opposed to just yapping, blah, blah, blah. Do, do, do something, you know, that, that, that is right, you know, for your country that right now. Here's an opportunity for you to participate as opposed to just liking it. But, you know, we're not asking you for no lot of money. Ten dollars, twenty dollars, twenty. Five hundred people doing it. Twenty, twenty dollars. That's ten thousand right there. You know. So so far we only have like fifteen people, or, or more or less, who gave like maybe a little eight hundred and fifty dollars. So, you know, we need more. But um, I want to thank 
I want to thank Debbie. I want to thank Paco and Alex, you know, for um, for subbing for Moe's Hyde, who I know, I know Moe's feel very bad about it because, you know, I mean, his connection, I could not understand it, you know. Um, I understand the techni- I, I understand the technicality involved because I understand, you know, the, the, the band within Belize is horrible and, you know, and this occurs to drop calls a lot, but for this to occur now, it, 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 it's, 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 it's very disappointing to me, and I feel bad for my listeners and audience because I had really promoted Moe's very, 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 very diligently because I know this young brother, you know, I'm very good friends with, you know, with, with, with his father, you know, good friends with Moe's as well, and I support everything that the Zinc Fence does. You know, that's, let's, let's just say that. Whatever the Zinc Fence does, I they got my full 100% support. So um, I, you know, I, I'm sad that I was not able to bring Moe's, but I'm happy that I was able to have Debbie Curley out of Los Thank Angeles. Thank you. Um, Paco <laughs> out of out of Belize. <laughs> um, in, in, um, Alex, who, too, who just joined us to, you know, to participate out of Atlanta. Let's just say this, um, ladies and gentlemen, that um, uh, the struggle continues. It's not going to be easy. No one said it's going to be easy. <clears throat> it's, it's, we have a mountain to climb, and it's not going to be easy. But I really, really believe that um, if we band together, if we uh, organize ourselves properly, you know, this is not a mountain that we can't climb. I think now people are only now starting to be aware of the need to unify the diaspora with the homeland. This now is out, you know, and I've seen it. It's taking on, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming watershed. People are actually, you know, trying to, people are actually discussing it, asking questions, and wanting to be out there. So, again, I want to thank everybody. Paco, we also yeah. have a show that's, he hasn't indicated when he wants to come on again. But, Paco, when are you going to come on again yeah. in less than 10 seconds? Okay. Yeah, very quickly. Um, tomorrow at 1.30, if you all can chime in, I mean, tune into the same station. And I propose that we continue this discussion. Maybe we can have Hubert come on. Alex, if you'd like to call in. And also, Debbie, we'd appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow Thank you very at much. Great you. Okay, definitely. All right. Thank you guys very much. Um, Debbie, we will talk. Thank you. It was Alex, a pleasure. We will, <laughs> Alex, we will talk again, Thank Paco. You. We always talk, so, you know, I mean... Yeah, man, what, well, uh, let's, let's continue this tomorrow at 1.30, man. Same, same all right, then, brother. Um, yeah. For all my listeners out there, um, again, do the right thing. And this is only my fourth show. We'll get better. Please bear with me, you know. I, my intentions are good, and I, I'm sincere in trying to help to educate our people. You know, I don't mean to be dis- disrespectful to anyone or to try to let anybody feel it, you know. But be patient. This is a technology that sometimes we are limited by, limit by what it does. So hopefully, you know, our brother Moses will join us again. And all my Belizean brothers that I want to invite to discuss with us was, you know, the very mil, the millions of issues that that country is facing. So I want to tell everyone, have a good weekend. Um, do the right thing. God bless you all. Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.